Welcome to the Busy Pastor Podcast. We are here to equip and encourage pastors to be busy with the right things. My name is Greg Gibson. I'm joined by my co-host, Trent Stewart, the lead pastor at Foothills Church. Today, we are talking about pastor guilt. Trent, let's get right to it. Today, why is pastor guilt such a big deal and a real thing for pastors? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for tuning in again, pastors. But, you know, one of the problems that we as pastors carry is the issue of guilt. We teach our people from a biblical standpoint how to, you know, seek forgiveness and how to deal with guilt, get set free from guilt. But we carry as pastors guilt around like the weird kid that you were friends with in high school. You don't really want him to be around, uh, but you don't want to be alone either. And so we kind of weirdly hold on to this guilt as this companion in our life that that comforts us and motivates us. And so it's kind of weird what pastors do, but we think in our head, you know, I should have visited that person. I should have texted that person. I should have called that person Sunday night, we're questioning our sermon. You know, I should have studied more. I should have prepared more. I should have said it differently. Um, you, you, you might, you know, deal with this guilt in various ways. And then, you know, you do it to yourself. And then there are conversations that you're going to have that, you know, church member, members are disappointed in you for whatever reason. And so then that just fuels that guilt. And so, you know, a lot of pastors have just gotten used to carrying this burden and uh, it's really hard to shake. Yeah, when uh, I don't know if you ever went to the principal's office um, <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> when you were in uh, middle school, high school, but you know, I remember specifically one time sitting there waiting for my mom to come get me, and the <laughs> feeling of guilt. Yeah, and uh, man, man, I I think that's a real feeling that we learn to push down mm-hmm. as pastors. Yeah. And, and and sometimes uh, carry as, you know, a badge of honor too. Like this yeah. is what we're, you know, these things we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. But but how, you know, should we actually be, uh, you know, um, yeah, that... uh, being set free from this, mm-hmm. you know? Especially right now during COVID, I think a lot of pastors have probably run into people, you know, at the grocery store, whatever, and oh, I've been watching online and um, yeah, I'm watching you. And I'm also watching Andy Stanley, man, that guy's really good. Or, you know, uh, s- some other famous reminder. pastor. Great and reminder. It's, it's a great reminder that, you know, you're not good enough. Or you're not, not Andy Stanley. Yeah. You're not measuring up to whoever it is that they're watching, but you know, that shouldn't bother us and we shouldn't allow that kind of guilt to, to creep in. And, and so, it happens to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time in my early ministry, you told me, hey, Greg, um, nobody just wants to take you to lunch. Remember that? Yeah. And uh, there's, there's always true. a reason. That's true. There's always a reason. They want to they talk about something. And so how do we deal with this guilt? You know, mm-hmm. knowing that there's always another phone call to make. There's always another meeting to go to. It's endless. And, and it's why some guys sacrifice their marriage, sacrifice their their families, and they can't turn off that switch to... to uh, just to go be with their family or to, you know, just, you know, be present uh, with their kids. And so we get into that Superman mode uh, that we mentioned in episode one. And I, I'm not the only one, you know, that who can fix this. Uh, I'm not the only one that is needed in that certain situation. But, but that feeling is, is heavy. And we don't turn it off because I think we're not finding our identity in Christ. You know, we're, yeah. I, we're, we're finding our identity 
and being needed by others. And a full um, schedule. And yeah. a full schedule. Doing all the things. Yeah. So you're an Enneagram one. Yeah. Yeah. So so how how do you relate to this? Well, the Enneagram ones have this inner voice that constantly says it wasn't good enough. So <laughs> we tend to be more, you know, perfectionist. And so, you know, we're constantly, you know, thinking we should have done this, we should have done that. And so when someone says, you know, and when I was playing basketball, you, you shouldn't have made that pass. Well, listen, I've already beat myself up over that pass. It was a bad pass, led to a turnover. I've already criticized myself. Right. Thanks enough. for reminding me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Thanks. exactly. Thanks for reminding me how terrible of a of a you know play that was or whatever. And the same is true in ministry. Um, so we beat ourselves up as as ones. Yeah, I think I think this is something that we all deal with. And so whatever enneagram that you are, one through nine, you have a way to beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. And uh, pastors have a special way of doing that and holding on to guilt and holding on to conflict. And so you being in ministry for you know, for a long time years. now and, uh, and, and leading at a high level, um, high level leadership, I think is kind of comes with a potential high level of guilt. And so how have you protected yourself from that? And, uh, how are you attempting to, to be free yeah. and busy with the right things mm-hmm. in your leadership? Well, it's definitely a journey and it's definitely something that you're constantly, you know, dealing with, but it, it comes back to where we, where are we finding our identity. And so um, because there are always opportunities and we want to be Superman, we have to go back to God's word. We have to go to Ephesians 4 and, you know, what is our role? Well, our role is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You know, our role is to make disciples. And so one of the one of the best things that we can do as pastors is as we find our identity in Christ, not in our title, not in our performance, not in the size of our church, not in our accomplishments, we, we go to, okay, who am I? How has God created me? And we lean into how he has actually gifted us, right? Right. And so, you know, when we're leaning into that, uh, there's a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're not, uh, there's, the, there's the tug, there is the The joy the is gone. The joy is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how do we know when our identity is not in Christ? The joy yeah. is gone, yes, but... You, what are some things that other pastors are experiencing? Your Maybe family is, experience. Yeah, yeah, your family isn't healthy. Your wife doesn't love the church. She's not involved. Um, you don't have healthy relationships around you. Um, you're tired a lot. You're not energized by you know ministry. You're you've got some unhealthy habits. Maybe even some sinful habits that that have developed. Um, you're busy with conversations. Um, you know from people that are just upset with you about something. So you're constantly having this internal conversation with these people that you're going to meet with. And, and you're just constantly making excuses. Um, you know, we make excuses that people feel guilty that, you know, our church isn't growing like XYZ church. And so we feel guilty. Um, we feel guilty for for not being as, as good, you know, in the pulpit as we, you know, w- would hope to be. And so... If we're not finding our identity in Christ and being validated through who we are as a son of God, as you know, a, a man of God, being called to serve and, and, and leaning into our giftedness, we're going to lean into what other people think about us, what other people are saying or what other people are not saying. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to be leaning into how large is the ministry? Is it doing what we want it to do? Is it looking the way we want it to look? And those are all unhealthy places 
you know, to live as leaders. Yeah, the 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 pastor guilt becomes, you know, if we can use this metaphor, the pebble in our shoe. Yeah. If we're focusing on the wrong things, if Absolutely. we're busy about the wrong things. That guilt will lead you to be busy with the wrong things. It will. You'll be focused on the wrong people. You'll be focused on the right, on the wrong um, priorities because you're trying to put out all these fires. You're trying to deal with all these different things to make you feel good about yourself. Meanwhile, disciples aren't being made. You know, you're not dealing with new people that are coming to your church well. You're not growing yourself. So you're not leading yourself well. So it just leads to so many problems. And it leads to excuses too. Yeah. I mean, we you've you've heard excuses after excuses after excuses. You maybe even said them yourself. You oh, probably yeah. heard me say them. Yeah. Uh, what are some excuses that you hear pastors give when it comes to pastor guilt? Yeah, well, it's the excuse that, well, this is just my burden to carry. This is just what ministry should be. Yeah, this is what I'm called to do. This is what I'm called to do. I just gotta, I've just got to carry this. Right. It's like, no, you, you, you really don't. Yeah. There's a better way to deal with it. Yeah, and God's we, called me to go to all the hospitals to, yes. you know, to, to preach all the sermons, to, to do all the leadership, to share the gospel with everybody. It's that impossible job description. The superhero, the yeah. The superhero pastor, right? That impossible job description we think we should be fulfilling and we feel guilty if we're not. And then we'll make excuses as to how or why we didn't fill it out exactly as somebody thinks we should or even, you know, that we don't think or we think we should have. And so we've got to get back to the biblical job description uh, of a pastor. Yeah. One of the things I see often with pastors is not only pastor guilt, but pastor envy that comes mm-hmm. from the guilt. Comes from the guilt. They see what's going on yeah. with their neighbor churches or, yeah. or neighbor pastors in, in their own community. And now with social media, you can see it anywhere. Anywhere. And and one, you know, one thing could be, hey, if 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 you see something and your first reaction is not celebration, mm-hmm. but envy, you know, there's there's probably some uh, unmet expectations, you know, or that, that pastor guilt being a pebble in your shoe is probably still yeah. there. Yeah. So it's the guilt and then it's the envy and that leads to the criticism. And so it leads to the, the pastor Twitter that I hate. Oh, pastor Twitter is the worst. It's the it? worst. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's. The come... busy pastor is not on Twitter at this moment. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, let me come up with a pithy statement to, to criticize some other pastor or, you know, you know, some kind of subtweet to put somebody in a bad light. Why? A lot of times it's because we feel guilty or we feel envious um, or we're busy with the wrong things. Right. Why like would Twitter. I, yeah. Why, why, why am I going to spend <laughs> 30 minutes, a how, an hour to come up with all these tweets when I could be thinking about the right things that's going to help my church meet the needs of my community? So what is the solution here? So, uh, you know, we can build the problem all day, Yep. Um, but we want to, to begin to move pastors in the right direction. What's the solution? So you've got to be busy with the right things, and the right things are in God's Word. So we go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Then you've got verses 11 and 12 of um, uh, Ephesians that talk about what's known as the APEST model. So you've got apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Yeah, which I'm excited to talk about in in the coming episode, APEST leadership. What does that mean? So, you know, you've got apostles. These are the visionary, pioneering type, gifted, um, um, you know, leaders. You've got the prophets who are the truth and holiness and obedience type uh, leaders. You've got the evangelists. These are the recruiters and 
uh, love to have conversations about the gospel and and uh, they've got insights and in how to articulate the the gospel and so that's that's heavy and then you've got the shepherds these are the guys that that have our gifts in the pastoral care, empathy, encouragement, those kinds of things. And, and then the teachers are the explainers, the communicators. And so um, every single pastor is, is probably going to have a combination of these gifts, but most likely they're going to lean into one more than the others. And so, you know, there's tons of research on this. Everybody can Google it, look it up, and, um, you know, learn more about this. But I think it's important that we as pastors understand where we lean. And we're going to talk about in this podcast how to discover yourself. And so several ways that we're going to do that. We wanted to start with this APES model and and really help people realize that you are gifted in a certain way. Lean into that giftedness. Right. You know, don't be envious of the other gifts. Lean into, be content with, be happy with, lead out of the way in which God created you. Because Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So God created us in advance with these gifts. Stop trying to fulfill the impossible job description and be all things to all people, feeling guilty about it when you don't. Lean into what God created you to be as a pastor. Lead in your sweet spot. Yeah, you're going to have you know, moments where you're going to have to teach, you're going to have to shepherd from time to time, and you're going to need to cast some vision. But primarily, you should be spending the majority of your time in these areas that God prepared beforehand for you to do. So we've got to figure out as pastors what that is. Yeah. And when you figure that out, it's very freeing. Freeing. It's freeing. I mean, every pastor has the same job description, equip the saints for the work of ministry. Every pastor is designed differently, differently. though. Yeah. And so one might be equipping the saints for the work of ministry in the apostolic lane, Mm -hmm. and one might be doing it in the teacher lane, learning where your sweet spot is, learning your position. Mm -hmm. That's going to be freeing. It's going to give you joy in the work. Uh, And and like you said, doesn't mean we neglect the other things. It just means we're strategic about how we go about doing them. Um, You know, exactly. That's why the the metaphor of the, the, the church being the body is a beautiful metaphor. It's so important. Because as a body, we all have different you know, functions and parts, but pastors uh, often mistake themselves with this impossible job description as the head. But that's not what the Bible says. Christ is the head. We're just the part. You're, as, a, as a leader, as the pastor, you're just the body part. And you've got to figure out what that part is. Now, you're going to be leading and you're primarily going to be teaching. And so that's going to be part of that gift. But as a pastor... As I lean into my giftedness and learn what my weaknesses are, I can hire people to those weaknesses to to fulfill those gaps, and I can also develop volunteers to to lean into those areas uh, as well. Because the end goal, like you said, is fulfill your calling, right, and have joy. Have joy. Have joy in the ministry. What we're doing should be fun. Right. We're filling up heaven. We're making disciples. We're leading God's church. We're building God's kingdom. It ought to be fun. Yeah. And um, when we're leaning into that uh, uh, calling, uh, we're, we're going to see God produce fruit in that, and that's where you start having fun. Yeah, the fun dynamic is so important. If you put a guy who is primarily a shepherd and say, hey, go plant a church, man. Mm. Oh, man. That's going to not be a ton of fun. He's C- could he it. do it? Probably, yeah. yes. I mean, there's some very gifted guys who who could also plant churches and who run in the shepherd lane. Yeah. But if you're created to be a shepherd 
and yeah. the APEST model, and you really lean into that and build a team around the the weaknesses that you have, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot more fun yeah. doing the things God has called you and gifted you to do. And there's so many pastors most likely listening right now who aren't leading in that gift set. And that's most likely one of the main reasons why they're miserable and why their church isn't growing and why they're not enjoying the work. I'm more of an apostolic leader. So, you know, vision moving forward. If you if if you gave me the job description of of the shepherd in the sense of, hey, we want you to go. And in fact, I started as an intern uh, at Highview Baptist Church. And that one of my roles um, in Shout Louisville. out Kevin Azell. Love the guy. Yeah. One of the roles he gave to me as that intern was to visit homebound uh, senior citizens. And so it was more of a pastoral care, visiting them, calling them, checking up on them. And um, I was not good at it. I didn't love it. I can't um, imagine. Why? I had some great conversations, met some great people. But if that was what I was doing every week of my life as a pastor, I would be one of those percentages that left the ministry because it's just not how I'm gifted. You know, that's needed as a leader, as a pastor. It's my responsibility to ensure that those folks are cared for. But I'm called to equip the saints to go actually do that. I'm not necessarily the one that has to go do that uh, from week to week. Yeah, I remember another story uh, early on in my ministry when I had the opportunity to counsel a couple Mm -hmm. uh, who was going through some marriage problems. And man, I uh, walked into that faithfully, um, but I had to prepare for that like I was preparing for a sermon. Mm. Several hours of, of preparation um, a couple hours, you know, of a session mm-hmm. and was exhausted on yeah. the back end, um, celebrating them, celebrating their growth. But if I had to do that every day, oh, I wouldn't be healthy. I wouldn't yeah. be having fun. Yeah. What I've got to do is know that mm-hmm. and, and get people around yeah. me, equip them, Ephesians yeah. 4, equip the saints for their ministry, where we're all living and working and, and being free in our, our sweet spots, our yeah. gifts, our lanes. So as an example, to be busy with the right things, I'm sure those that couple walked away changed. I'm sure, I'm sure they did. <laughs> you probably did amazing. But what if instead we, we spent our time developing and training some older couples in our church that have, have some life experience that are spiritually mature, send them away, put some budget behind that so that we can equip them so that the next time you get that phone call, it's like, yes, we can do that. And I'm going to connect you to so-and-so and they're going to do a heck of a lot better than I ever could. And they're going to be energized by that. They're going to be strengthened by that. Yeah. Um, the process I, is there because we've been busy with the right things. You were busy with the right things. But if you're like, oh, I'm the guy that has to do it. I'm the pastor. So I have to do all this counseling. And so now my week is gone. I, now I, my family's struggling. I'm zapped. I'm not having fun. And oh yeah, I got to figure out what I'm going to preach on Sunday because I've been counseling all week. So we got to know our gifts, know how God created you to lead, uh, know yourself, know what you're good at, know what you're not good at. Find that sweet spot. In, in all of this, you know, the pastor guilt's going to be there. Yeah. Guys, there's still going to be the guy who objects. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, I've got to be the guy who goes to the yeah. hospital. I got to be the counselor. Counselor. Mm-hmm. I've got to start the ministry. Mm-hmm. I've got to be the one who, you know, um, fill in the blank. Right. Right. Uh, what we're saying is qualifications don't change. No. First Timothy three, Titus two. Of course not. Um, but the practice needs to change. Yeah. 
The problem is that we are, we're busy with the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 you know, real quick, what, what are some, some object objections we might hear from this? Yeah. I mean, you're always going to have the person in the church that potentially is upset with you because you didn't visit them or call them or notice them or do something for them. Right. And so we know these are more of the, you know, the spiritual infants in our church that are expecting the pastor to do everything for them. And, and so that's, that's a reality. And so we're going to talk in this podcast about how you begin to train your people, what the pastoral job description is. You can't just show up in the office and say, changing the job description and I'm not doing this anymore and just eliminate everything. Right. No, this you got to do this wisely and this is this is the journey that that we're going to be on, but uh, the tyranny of the urgent is going to creep in, the guilt from church members and 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 just your personal guilt that you're dealing with is going uh, to be there. There's going to be these objections that you object to and that other people object to as well. And so the qualifications, as you mentioned, aren't going to change, but our practices and what we're busy with must. Yeah, it must change. And, and we're going to talk about that more. And we have some homework for you as a takeaway from today's episode. Um, go to busypastor.org slash episode two, and you can fill out the form. We'll send you an email, and this email will have more resources in it that will help you discover yourself and your gifts and your sweet spot. And we think it's going to be a great resource for you to be busy with the right things. Yeah, absolutely. Because remember, this is a journey. We can't solve all the issues in one or two episodes uh, of a podcast. I mean, we're, we're praying through this. Um, we're going to be journeying through this. And, and we pray that it leads to deeper conversations that you are having and that you're going to have with some of your pastoral friends. But we know the American church is losing and dying. Pastors are struggling and dying. And the next, next generation is, is going to pick up the pieces of this. And so we want to we try to set them up for success and, um, and, and blow up that impossible job description so that, so that we can be busy with the right things. Thank you for listening to the Busy Pastor Podcast. As we close today's episode, we want to invite you to do two things. Follow us on Instagram at Busy Pastor. And secondly, if you like today's episode, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by that lady after the service who still wants to hug during a global pandemic. She's still there. She's always, always hug there. That awkward moment. If you would actually like to sponsor The Busy Pastor, email us at info at busypastor.org. See you next week. Until then, be busy with the right things.